Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Tuesday, December 21st, and this is your FT News Briefing. There's a new reason U.S. consumers are having a hard time getting the gifts they want. Grinch bots are beating humans before they can click the buy button. And a Chinese technology company that was blacklisted by the U.S. has found a workaround. Plus, Chile has a new leader, and it could mean big changes for the country's business landscape. It's the election of the most radical president Chile has had since the return to democracy after Pinochet in 1990. I'm Joanna Gao, in for Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. U.S. retailers are nervous they won't be able to get consumers the goods they want for the holidays. It's not just because of high demand and supply chain disruptions. More and more hot items are being snapped up by bots. The industry calls them Grinch bots, software that scans websites and then buys in-demand products as soon as they're available. They've targeted everything from limited edition sneakers to video games. Some people use them to nab items for their own Christmas trees, while others buy products in bulk and then sell them on at a profit. The Chinese artificial intelligence company, SenseTime, plans to relaunch its listing in Hong Kong this month. This comes after the U.S. blacklisted SenseTime just last week for its involvement in Beijing's repression of the Uyghur Muslim minority. Here's what the company does. They do everything from putting traffic light cameras that can tell if you're wearing a seatbelt to building facial recognition software that can tell if you're a, a Uyghur Muslim. That's the FT's China technology correspondent, Ryan McMurrow. Now, since time postponed its original IPO because of the blacklisting, but Ryan says the company quickly found new backers, Chinese state companies. From his action, we can see that the U.S.'s ability to stop these companies from raising money and and being traded publicly is limited. I mean, all these Chinese state-owned entities stepped up within a week to either double down and and put more money into SenseTime's offering or just came out of nowhere and um, put up hundreds of millions of dollars to invest in the company. So uh, even if U.S. investors aren't there and and can't put in capital. China has plenty of its own money and doesn't really need Wall Street. Ryan McMurrow is the FT's China technology reporter. One of Latin America's richest countries has a new leader. This weekend, voters in Chile chose 35-year-old Gabriel Boric as their president. He's a former student protest leader, and he defeated an ultra-conservative opponent with promises to raise taxes and scrap student debt. The FT's Latin America editor, Michael Stott, joins me to talk more about what this means for Chile's future. Hi, Michael. Hello, Joanna. So Chile has long been known as a stable, business-friendly country, uh, kind of an oasis in Latin America. So how big of a shift is this? It's a very important shift, Joanna. I mean, Chile, as you say, was held up as a model for economic development in the region, somewhere that alternated between governments of centre-left and centre-right, but didn't change radically. It avoided some of the crazy economic experiments of its neighbours in Argentina or Peru. But that all changed in 2019 when we had the uprisings uh, that led to big demands for change, and those have now expressed themselves at the ballot box with this presidential election. And what are some of the things that led to this shift in voter sentiment then? 
Well, the, the uprising of 2019 was motivated by anger at inequality and expensive, poor quality public services in Chile, a sort of feeling that the economic growth we'd seen over the previous three decades had benefited mainly the rich, but it had not percolated down very far through society. That was part of it. The other part, I think, was just that expectations had risen a lot. You know, as the country became wealthier, people expected a lot more. They had aspirations for free university education, for example, or much better public health care. And they weren't ready to settle for the sort of limited or expensive alternatives that were on offer. One of the things that Boric said was that he was going to scrap the private pension plans. Um, What does that look like? What does that mean? Yes, that's potentially very significant. So there's an issue with Chile's private pension scheme. It was pioneered uh, in the 1980s. It was one of the first in the world to have individual savings accounts which were invested on on capital markets. And the good side of it was it created a, a very efficient and deep capital market in Chile for local issuers, including the government, to borrow on. The less good side of it was that the pensions were inadequate, uh, mainly because contribution rates weren't very high. The main burden of contribution was entirely on the employee. So what the first generation to retire found was that when they did retire, these private pensions didn't deliver them enough money to live on. So Boric's answer to that was to scrap the system and go to a state model that would give you know state-guaranteed pensions at a higher level to all Chileans. But of course, the the difficulty there that's raised is if you do that, you run the risk of destroying the local capital market or severely limiting it. And so that's why it's been quite controversial. And what about Boric's other economic campaign promises? What do those mean for the economy? So Boric wants to raise taxes. He's been very explicit about that. Um, And it's true that Chile's tax take is relatively low by international standards. The concern is he wants to raise taxes quite fast and quite sharply. So he talked initially about seven percentage points of GDP in tax rises. He then moderated that to five percentage points. But if that were implemented, that would still be one of the sharpest tax rises of any Latin American nation in recent times. And it remains to be seen whether that would actually work or whether you just see more capital flight and investors running away. He says the main bulk of the taxes would fall on the rich and on business. And he wants to put up taxes on mining, which is, of course, the biggest industry in the country. Chile's the world's biggest copper producer. So, again, there's a concern, you know, can he balance the need to raise more money with the risk of killing uh, the goose that lays the golden eggs? So with all of these changes that he's proposing, do you think the country will become less business friendly? I think it's a fair bet that investors will be concerned by uh, the prospect of more radical change and higher taxes. Whether Boric manages to convince them that his sort of inclusive growth agenda can also be good for investors, I think is the big question. He said in his victory speech last night that he plans to cancel a $2.5 billion mining project called Dominga. He's also said repeatedly that if Chile was the birthplace of neoliberalism, referring to the economic reforms, it will also be its grave. On the other hand, he also tried to extend some olive branches last night. So he also said, I'll be the president of all Chileans and I'll work for broad agreements in Congress. Change will come gradually. So You know, we've seen mixed signals, I think it's fair to say. And one of the things markets will be looking for most intensely is what his cabinet choices are, who he picks for key roles in the cabinet, and particularly who he picks as finance minister. Michael Stott is the FT's Latin America editor. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, Joanna.
before we go, another pandemic trend we're watching is micro-mobility. That's people avoiding crowded public transit and turning to e-scooters and bike shares. Companies have been racing to meet demand, and many have gone public so they can grow faster. The latest with plans to list is Voy. It's a Swedish e-scooter startup that operates in 18 cities in the UK. It plans to enter the market in the coming year, and it says it will use the new funding to expand more into Europe and also offer additional vehicle types, such as e-bikes. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. From a local business to a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.